You're listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast. I'm your host, Lizzie Benton, culture consultant and founder of Liberty Mind, and I want to inspire people to create unique company cultures where our human potential can thrive. In this podcast, I talk to organizations and employees about the impact of company culture. Together, we can make it thrive. Hi, and welcome back to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast. I hope you're enjoying the topics we've covered so far in season two. So if you have been inspired, please don't forget to rate and review this podcast on the channel you use, as it really helps other people to find it. On this week's episode, I'm talking to Amy Bull, Creative Content Manager at Media Matters. Today, we're diving into the topic of being a working parent and whether organisations are doing enough to support parents in the workplace. As so many of you listening are probably juggling the life of a parent and a career, I hope that this conversation today gives you some practical tips. And if you've heard anything that you'd love to comment on, please do give us a tweet or send us an email and share your thoughts from this conversation today. So let's get started. Hi, Amy, and welcome to Make It Thrive. Give us an introduction to yourself and your experience of being a working parent. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. So my name is Amy. I'm a creative content manager. I'm also mother to Isabel, a very (laughs) sassy, headstrong six-and-a-half-year-old I went back to work when she was nine months old. And first I went back part time. I just went back to where I was working before I, when I fell pregnant with her, which was only part time because I was also studying. So it's quite convenient, really. And then when she was about 15 months old, so just over a year, I went back to work full time and have been happily working full time ever since. Wow, that's fantastic. So um, from quite, you sort of took the dive to sort of go in quite young then and kind of you had that um, sort of flexibility of working and studying and parenting. So you actually had three things on the go all at once. I didn't go back to studying because it was a really, like an intense course I was studying, um, like medical science. So it was really hard. I just didn't think that I could actually commit to studying and working and having a baby so um what I'd done was just you know approach my I was on maternity leave anyway so I just approached my previous employer like I was happy to go back um the only thing I found really really challenging it was in retail and I was only doing I think maybe 12 or 16 hours a week but because it was retail it was on the weekends so Mm -hmm. I think I did maybe well, it's going back quite a while now. I think I did <laughs> like a Tuesday, um, like a lunchtime cover shift. So maybe like one till three. And then I did a Thursday evening shift, which was fine. Like I quite liked that. It was nice to maybe like have a few hours to myself after like being with Isabel all day. And then I did a Saturday, um, just again, four hours and then four hours on a Sunday, which doesn't seem that much. But actually, when you're... Mm-hmm doing those shifts like it's it's, the weekend's like your family time as well yeah of course it is yeah absolutely that that was quite difficult in terms of like your family time was always quite um disjointed and that yeah that can be you know quite challenging in itself to try and navigate like working and 
you know, like parenting on your own while your partner's at work and then also trying to come together as a family as well. It, it was tricky. Yeah, of course. No, it sounds it. So from your experience, how did you feel when you became a parent about the work-life balance? Did you have any fears or anxieties about returning to work? I actually didn't have any anxieties about returning to work. And actually, I really looked forward to going back to work because I think, obviously, I had to work, like a financial aspect. (laughs) I had to work. Um, But also from a personal perspective, like I really wanted to work. I felt Mm. like I there wasn't really any question of me not doing it. So when it got to that nine months, I was like, yep, that part of my life is done. Like that part of my maternity (laughs) leave, that's that's ready. Like I'm ready to kind of go into the next chapter. A, when I had Isabel, none of my friends actually had children. So she didn't really get to socialize with children that much. I didn't really Mm -hmm. want to go to any mother and baby groups because uh, I had a certain... Um, perception of of mother and baby groups and I didn't want to become part of that like mummy clique like it wasn't really for me um I adore Isabel like she is my world but to me being a mother isn't the be all and end all there are other things I really wanted to accomplish and like something that I wanted to um have as my own as well that's yeah that that wasn't just being a mother like being a mother doesn't define you like it's something that you do and you continue to do you know for the rest of your life but that that doesn't that one thing doesn't define you there's so much more that you can be and aspire to be as well as being a mother and for me like having a career and being a mother was like one of those things I wanted to do both absolutely no I think that's a very sort of um inspirational way to be actually you know I think sometimes the kind of especially when it gets sort of thrown around in the business industry the whole mumpreneur kind of thing and I I I really you know I admire women that are juggling business and a family but it's just the same as a, a career in a family but I don't think you should try and label it like that I don't really like the labels I suppose that we put on it no I I don't like the label mumpreneur I don't really understand it either like I don't understand why it's become such a thing yeah I just I think and I think like more women own their businesses you know like you've got your own business and I think that's I don't think that I personally would want to have my own business because working full-time and having a child for me is like enough I don't I don't, <laughs> I don't want any more responsibility I don't even want to get a pet I don't want any more responsibility right now um I'm really happy where I am but I think that like I love um like, I, I work for a women-owned business and it's really lovely because you think these people like have more than one child they also have like a really successful business and they're also really like understanding and supportive mm. and uh, empathetic as well in terms of you know if there's anything going on with like your child you know these these things can't be helped the thing is when you have a child is so much is beyond your control and I think that's what um maybe like people in positions of you know like managerial positions or um you know company owners or directors is like how can you become frustrated with a working parent that maybe has to have quite a lot of time off or you know they're called away because that it's not in their control yeah of course so actually like being a really good employee is in their control so you can have a, a child you know you can be there for your child if you have to get pulled away and there might be times where it's really tricky when Isabel was at nursery 
but she must have been ill every single month <laughs> because they pick up everything and it, yeah. the last thing you need like to have that worry and that anxiety that oh no you know like my employer is my job safe are they going to like mm. reprimand me for this it that honestly like for me that probably gave me more anxiety about returning to work than the actual act of returning to work yeah of course absolutely I know for many women there is a fear of going back to work after a baby because they feel like they will be replaced. I know in a previous company I worked for many, many years ago, I saw this happen and and it did scare me because I felt like I had to make a decision between my career and starting a family. Um, And I think, you know, my feelings are justified. Maternity and pregnancy discrimination has significantly increased Mm -hmm. over the past decade. Um, A report from the Equality and Human Rights Commission found that 54 thousand women a year are forced out of work after having a baby so did you ever come across any forms of discrimination or sort of negativity when you were entering back into the workplace um no I don't think that I've ever found any you know myself at the the realm of any discrimination or negativity as such I think that um previous employers who actually have been male and I'm, mm. I'm you know that's all um men like feel this way or aren't maybe empathetic especially if you have children but unfortunately some of the ones that I worked for I just don't think that they were really understanding that like I just said you you aren't in control of when your child's ill or you have to be pulled away um so sometimes they were like maybe like a frostiness is probably the best yeah. way. um and I think if like I'm I'm quite confident like quite strong-willed <laughs> um and I wasn't afraid to kind of um open up the lines of communication about that and be like you know is there anything that I've done that um you know has upset you or you know do you think that I should have handled this any differently and when you kind of force someone to think about the way that they're behaving what can they say I can't yeah you know, absolutely. Like you have to go to them but like I said I think if you give someone like the support that they need that actually they'll return that in the ways that they can so whether that's you know maybe staying a little bit later when possible or like working really hard or taking on an extra bit of work it's just about give or take and I think now that in one way it really really surprises me that you know when you said the maternity pregnancy discrimination has increased over the past mm. decade because I think yeah. we've come so far but then yeah. when you look at you know other recent events and like people in power you think well are we that surprised really yeah there's all of these reports coming out but I don't actually see any really like active awareness being drawn to yes. the issue like I don't Definitely. see any movements um I don't see anyone you know like, really voicing like how awful this is and I know I know that it goes on you know there's stories of local companies there's actually prolific stories of local companies mm. in Peterborough um of women being actively managed out of the business while they're pregnant or and it's disgusting and it disgusts a lot of people um but nothing really ever comes of it and I think that 
if you're in that position it's obviously very draining if you're in that mm. position you're being you know you are you know you're being managed out there's actually probably not that many avenues you can turn down you're also trying to look after a family at home you're probably yeah. so drained and exhausted by the whole you know thing that you you actually don't want to fight it anymore um yeah definitely it's emotionally exhausting isn't it when you have to think about the mental capacity of not only you know you're growing a child but um you're also trying to fight something that is kind of feels a bit inevitable like you're you're trying to fight something that you you can't really control is out of your control ultimately I suppose yeah. yeah another thing that's out of your control um but yeah I I've been really lucky like I said I haven't actually ever felt discriminated against before but I don't know maybe because you know I think in the industry that I was in or like the job that I was in it, it was quite a close-knit as I said it's in retail but it was quite like a close-knit team um mm. I was like on really good terms with I think every one in the team so I think that as much as I was enjoying like going back and being part of the team maybe like they were looking forward to like having me back in there as well um but I was really lucky because it being discriminated against isn't just one side of it you've got the financial aspect of it as well yeah and absolutely sometimes like returning to work after you've had a baby like it is actually a barrier because it's not sometimes if you're paying for childcare as well to enable you to go back to work it absolutely makes no sense to return to work yeah, I know. I've had so many people say this to me, actually, that they're basically paying for childcare, <laughs> working for childcare. <laughs> That's what you, work, you do, you work for childcare. So when um, when I went full time, so Isabel went full time at nursery, maybe she was four days a week, I can't remember, but it was essentially around £1,000 a month. Which, wow. Like, it's so much money. And she was there for a long time, and that does include her like meals and snacks and things like that. But at that time, when I first went back to work, I actually didn't earn much more than that. But my husband encouraged me to go back to work because it was like, okay, well, we might really have to struggle now, but long term, um, it will pay off. And actually, he's really right, because if I hadn't have gone back to work then, and kind of really, we both struggled, but I wouldn't have accomplished so much now. And the child yeah. they are really ridiculous. And when I got presented with the final invoice before she left nursery, or just before she left nursery, before she started school, it's about two years ago. Oh, gosh. It was around £25,000. <gasps> wow. Wow. That is quite a shock to the system. <laughs> it, was, it was something like 24800 or something like that when you think oh my goodness like what I could have done with that money <laughs> yeah you start sort of saying oh we could have done these things with it ouch yeah I know. so I just think like it's it's not only really the discrimination um that is preventing women from going back to work after they've had a child but it's like is it actually worth it and I think yeah the financial side of it is is one aspect I think that um if from a, I think for women to go back to if they want to like if it's something they're I mean, and knowing that but they actually want to then yes I think going back to her is the right thing because you get a, like a bit more of a sense of identity back and I think mm. it comes back to the whole like happy mum happy baby and if you're happy in yourself and you know that you're building something that you're accountable for and like you really enjoy your job 
in your career and it's something you want to build in sometimes it is worth looking long term but it's hard to do yeah definitely you've really got to have some resilience I suppose to be able to go through it and you're right I think it's more about the whole system rather than just the the workplace culture because really there's there's so much around it there's the whole um you know the you, you, some companies provide childcare vouchers, but that doesn't cover very much now. And even the kind of maternity leave is actually quite capped compared to other countries. So yeah. we're actually probably the worst off in regards to um, maternity and paternity pay in the UK. I think um, that it, it's yeah. something like um, we work the longest hours and we have the most expensive childcare costs in Europe. Wow, that's just astonishing, isn't it? Really, so it the, really is. The odds are stacked against you, really. <laughs> yeah, from this, the moment you decide to have a child. <laughs> yeah, but, 100%, but like, I know that you and I have talked about it before. For me, mm. it was actually really important for me, um, for Isabel to see me going to work as well as her dad, yes. because yeah, I agree. I was always like really taught the value of money, and I know how hard both of my parents worked. Um, to provide for this and like provide really well and I think it goes a really long way to instill like values and ethics um, mm-hmm. into children like all children yeah. you know, and, but you know if some people choose not to work like I fully support that and sometimes I'm, I'm really jealous of people that don't have to work I think oh, I'm so tired and actually I don't want to think about <laughs> all of these deadlines and all of these other things that I've got in my mind um, but I think having a daughter as well as you know like there's there is still a long way to go and I think if I can talk about my career and how much I love it and what I achieve and the opportunities that get presented to me as a result of like hard work and also having like a real genuine passion for what you do then I hope that that influences her to do the same because I think we're still in an age where I think I've said this now three or four times like (laughs) on one aspect like we've come so far but on the other aspect we're just fighting against really silly things that actually should have been left decades ago yeah um, so if I can I mean you know right now sometimes when she fights me on things I am exhausted <laughs> but also I think like I'm actually really proud of you for standing your ground and I hope that with me and like and and you and a lot of my other friends that have got really impressive and important careers like a whole variety of careers but I really hope that like that shapes her and it's not just about having Mm. a job it's about um having like something that you're really proud of in terms of a career and and that's fine and you can do that definitely no I 100% agree and I think you're right I think we are still coming a long way I mean I know in the the survey that I mentioned by the Equality Commission they found that um 90% of fathers work full time while 50% 51% of mothers did mm. um, and only 4% of men work part time whereas 40% of women did so you know there's still this huge divide um in regards to the working capabilities i mean i mean what are your thoughts why do you think we're still struggling with such a wide gender gap when it comes to raising a family um i think that we should probably stop pretending that just because you know it's 2019 and there are now policies in place for you know men to share um like parental leave and things like that just because the policies are there from a legal perspective it doesn't necessarily mean that the workplace culture is going to actually allow for men to feel comfortable 
in saying that they're going to do that. Definitely. That makes sense. Um, no, it does. I agree because I, I remember reading in The Telegraph a really interesting feature on a gentleman. I think he was a journalist who um, decided to cover the paternity. So when the new paternity leave came in, he decided to take some leave. Um, and he said he actually got made to feel really uncomfortable being a father in some of the situations because yeah. even the the parenting groups are still heavily um, female. Yeah. So they felt uncomfortable with him coming with the baby because he was male. Um, and it's just a real shame that we haven't got equality. We, 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 see, we still seem to put this onus on women to, to bear the brunt of the child rearing yeah. when it when we we've got the opportunity now to try and level the playing field I think we do but I think that also we do have a legacy of like men being the provider like it's a real Mm. ingrained legacy you know men they are the providers and I think that in many cases you know again as we all know they they probably do earn more so would families take more of a financial hit in men doing so it's not Mm. it's not just about putting those policies in place and and sort of going there there you go guys you know if you want to you you can go and do it if you want to um but then there's the whole toxic masculinity thing that I think plays a huge role in it as well there's like male pride male ego you know how are their other male colleagues going to perceive them and I think it takes a really really strong person um to stand up and kind of break those taboos I think we should call them taboos really if we're talking absolutely I think if we had you know a focus group where we ask people I don't think many men would actually be willing to to stand up and do it and whether that's for the financial reasons or whether that's because um you know there is the whole like toxic masculinity and they weren't sure how it would make them be perceived in the workplace to do it yeah um or whether they maybe feel a bit intimidated because a lot of them oh it is mother and baby yeah definitely no I think I think you're very right I think it is one of those things where pride sometimes perhaps takes over um and I think maybe we need to start discussing you know openly in workplaces you know actually removing some of the camaraderie that goes around that and the, the language that's used yeah towards men in the in the parenting realm because it is still seen as very much a man is the breadwinner (laughs) kind of state it definitely is and there's there's no um getting around that now I think it it is great that companies are putting those policies in place I'm not sure if they're legally obliged to do so I don't know no they're, they're not so that's that's the thing isn't it you know we can set a framework but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be adopted by everyone which is a real shame yeah and I think that if companies are going to put things in place for this and they seriously need to step back and look at the bigger picture and be like okay we've put this process in place um what are our company values like how are we going to incorporate this new policy into our company values and our you know our mission statements and our vision statements and things like that because you have to encompass it as part of your brand you can't just like slap it onto your company handbook and you know but there you go yeah. um, <laughs> there if you want it but <laughs> but we're going to give you a frosty look if you use it <laughs> yeah, or you're perceived by your peers to be you know not as masculine and And I really hope that I'm, you know, not making sense to a lot of people because I would hate for that to be the case. But I just think that 
not that many people I know. There, there are one or two exceptions, but not that many people I know would actually take their company up on this. Mm, definitely, no, I agree. I know in um, in the Working Parents Index, a research document that came out in 2018, it was found that a third of parents said they felt sort of burnout all of or most of the time, with you know more than half identifying work as the main cause of their burnout. I mean, you know, we, we talk a lot about kind of the juggle of it all. And do you think that the juggle has impacted your well-being? And do you think the equality side of things could have helped with the juggle? I mean, what has been your experience? Um, I don't think that I've ever felt really burnt out. There's times where I've been really stressed. Um there's times where I have found it difficult, but I have been lucky again in the sense that like I've always worked with quite small, um, really supportive teams. Even the years and years ago when I worked with like an all male team, they would just if I was, you know, a bit quite a bit run down or just not feeling <laughs> myself, they just sort of like give me cake <laughs> really what I need but I really appreciate it and, but also I am quite strict with my emails and in terms of like just working from home so I don't check my emails at home I don't have them on my phone it's something that I feel really strongly about mm-hmm. um, I've always been you know if I've gone for interviews it's something that I've always just really brought up and it's nothing it it doesn't reflect on my commitment to the company. If there's something that really needed my attention, and there has been, you know, I would stop what I was doing when I could and I would go and work on that if there was a quick fix. But I am at work all day and the whole, um, you know, dinner time, bath time, bedtime, although it can be quite frantic and quite fraught, that's really important to me because I've got such a small window of time that I can really dedicate myself to Isabel in the evening. Mm-hmm. And actually, like, yeah, I really cherish this routine. So I don't, and I don't want to have the pressure of checking my phone when I'm at home. Yeah, If you don't definitely. have that time to switch off and you're not going to, you know, be like your best self um, the next day. Absolutely. But this, you know, this, year has been tough because she has been she fell really far behind on her schoolwork and then we found out she had a hearing impairment and that really impacted her learning and they haven't been confirmed and if they are well I don't think we should label them anyway um but I'm quite an open person in terms of that emotionally so if I'm feeling overwhelmed or really tired I'll just talk about it to you know like my family or my friends and as you know, they either give me a <laughs> talk or they um, give me some time to myself and they'll have Isabel. And I am really lucky that I have that support network because if I didn't yeah. have that and I internalised everything, then 100% I would have had a breakdown. Definitely. You know what they say, it takes a village to raise a child and I, I truly believe that. It does, but we're under so much pressure to be like, you can do this. You know, <laughs> yeah. you have so many hours in the day or you have so many hours in the day as Beyonce does. And like, well, yes, of course I do, but I actually like don't have the team behind me to help me do that. So it, it is about like being confident enough to be like, you know what, I actually can't do this all. And why, sh- you know, why should we be expected yeah. to? We're only human. Absolutely. 
Definitely. I think creating a a family-friendly culture is really important. And for men, just as much as women. But like in practice, obviously, like we've mentioned, there tends to be a slight disbalance. Um, I know many organizations tend to focus on kind of the immediate benefits people can take advantage of, like gym membership and, you know, quick work perks that make a quick fix. Um, But there's nothing kind of no life, life support benefits that can help people in their real lives. Um, I mean, what's been your experience of sort of family-friendly company cultures? Um, I think that, again, I've been really lucky that the companies that I worked for, they were quite family-friendly, whether that's just in terms of like being supportive and being quite um, flexible. Now, so I have uh, like remote working that I can do now. Fantastic. I actually choose not to do it (laughs) because I sort of compartmentalize my life. You know, I like to work I like to work out at the gym. Like I have like these spaces and I feel like in this space, I'm far more um, creative and like in my own space that helps me to work. Um, I don't really know. I haven't, I personally, again, like haven't experienced anything that um was a detriment I think to like a family friendly culture in my previous role uh when flexible working was introduced it wasn't that inclusive in terms of even though it was flexible it was actually quite rigid but again um because I don't mind like having maybe like these challenging conversations I just you know like voice my opinion and actually just explained that it, it wasn't that inclusive and yeah. and then it was fixed but I think sometimes what the issue is that people you know we, we listen to what's being offered to us or said to us and then we we go home and we go to our friends we say well I'm not happy about this and they haven't thought about this and this and but you're you're telling it to the wrong person yeah. you know <laughs> definitely event by all means and get someone else's opinion on it but then move forward with that and like make yourself heard like you're responsible for making yourself heard and if no one else is in your position at the company or or, you know wherever it is then you are responsible for for taking that forward and trying to get it changed you know we can't all have everything that suits us but there's absolutely nothing wrong with making sure that our voice is heard yes that you've had some kind of contribution I think that's really important we can't you know rest on our laurels and complain about it because that benefits absolutely no one yeah no absolutely. I think that's a very valid point there Amy thank you getting people to speak up because it's true you know people um can sort of har- harbor this resentment but so rarely actually speak up or have a constructive conversation about it mm-hmm. um and it's always this kind of them and us kind of situation sometimes between sort of leadership and the team and I think actually that kind of needs to be dissolved because everybody's working under the same banner and everybody should be working along the same kind of you know ecosystem essentially so th- those kind of those barriers need to be dissolved but they only get dissolved by having conversations they do and I think that you know the whole hierarchy is so outdated and draconian that it's yeah like it takes people to be like actually like I don't want to work in this kind of environment anymore and actually I can't remember the last time I did work in an environment like that um and again like I think it's 
up to the person involved to get those conversations because if you're not happy with something then you you have to change it right like we can't yes we can't yeah. just sit here and be really unhappy about something but then not take the steps to to do it but to be fair I think some of the things like you know a, a quick work like a gym membership or something like that some you know are we being too siloed in looking at that because okay yeah. um is a gym membership like big deal but actually even though sometimes it is honestly the last thing that I want to do is go to the gym <laughs> once I'm gone I feel so much better and yeah and if I if I didn't force myself to go sometimes things just spiral out of control because it's such a cycle so when again when you're talking about you know well-being you have to take responsibility for your own well-being and you have to take yeah. responsibility for making better choices in other areas of your life so that you don't experience that burnout yeah oh no absolutely self-care has to start with the self you can't unfortunately get a quick fix can you there's no there's no one to kind of tell you what to do as much as we would love that <laughs> and it'd be really easy like in your other areas of your life so if you go straight from you know like work to the gym and then you just I don't know like run for half an hour or something and then but then you eat better and then you sleep better and then you have more energy and then you can put more into your family life and then you can put more into your work life and it just has this like overall cycle so I think gym memberships aren't to be sneered at actually because I think mm. if you look at them from like a much bigger picture it probably like feeds into other areas of your life as well yeah definitely I always look at it so when it comes to like workplace benefits and I I, I I never sort of um, sort of discourage any. I, I always just question the why of it mm. because I know there's a lot of companies, for example, they, they can get some of those treat boxes that come. Um, mm. But then I know that, for example, there's a bigger problem in the organization where communication is really rubbish and they've kind of brought in this sort of, you know, box of treats to try and lift everybody up. But the real problem is actually a lot bigger. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, that's, that's where I see the problem with a lot of, um, I suppose um, people's ideas about what company culture is, I suppose, is like it. the benefits are just like one of many areas that you should be looking at. And like you say, they should be um, sustainable lifestyle benefits that people actually want, that actually help people live a happier and healthier life. Yeah, definitely. It's about, I don't know, we we're, we're, oh sometimes I think we're a little bit stuck in our ways in the UK where we think oh you know we want this company culture we want these company benefits and then it's given us we think oh I'm not doing that and you think <laughs> but this is what you wanted <laughs> and also, yeah. it's, 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 I've, I feel for employers sometimes because I think oh you're never gonna win like <laughs> <laughs> no you can't please them all that is for sure <laughs> So what do you think would help working parents, Amy, from your experience? Is there any any policies or anything you'd like to see in the future? Um, I think on returning to work, um, and I could just be throwing something out here that is going to absolutely <laughs> make no sense. I don't, I'm not an accountant. I don't really understand how... You know, I know, I know I pay tax. I know why I pay tax. <laughs> but I think maybe like instead of, um, there's some like a tax break. Like would a tax break work for working mothers who are just returning to work to give them maybe like a little bit more to play with? Like, you know, if, say for me, when I, um, when I went back to work, like I was paying tax and then I was paying um, 
childcare as well. But sometimes what made me like a little bit cross was that I know that um, parents that didn't work, like they got free childcare placement. Mm. And sometimes I just felt a little bit cross because I think, well, like I'm not really earning that much and I'm paying tax and I'm paying for my childcare. But you know, yeah. in your fact that that also contributes, and I absolutely think that we should help to support people that maybe aren't as fortunate as us or can't work for whatever reasons. But sometimes I think maybe something as simple as like a year um, tax break, like a two-year tax break for for working mothers, up until a certain point, maybe that would would go towards something. I know that's not about mm. culture, but I think that, that that definitely would encourage women to go back to work. Um, definitely. Oh, it does come down to company culture, and I think again for me what I've experienced if I've had to be pulled away whether that's for um Isabel's you know like doctor's appointments or hospital appointments or because she's ill um I've never been financially penalized for that and I cannot tell you how much um like stress that relieves because sometimes you know God bless the NHS, but sometimes you can be waiting hours past your mm. allotted time and you're sat there just thinking, oh my goodness, I should have been back at work two hours ago and I haven't even seen a consultant yet. And what am I supposed to do? Mm. It's really hard. And the silly things at the school now, Isabel once got a sequin stuck between her teeth, as you do. You know, <laughs> we've all been in a situation where we've got a sequin stuck in between our teeth. But the school weren't allowed to remove it. So um, I, had to, I had to leave work in the middle of the day to drive to school 15 minutes out of my way, take the sequin out and then drive back to work again. Oh, and my gosh. No, and, and, and there's never been an issue for the employer. And I think it's not just about what you can give. It's not necessarily like the benefits that mm. you can give to someone. It's about, it's about the culture. And it's about how you make them essentially we're all children at heart right so it's about like how safe you make them feel absolutely and people just want to be like really safe and really supported and it doesn't actually take a lot to do that no it doesn't they're a human being you know like we're all human beings it doesn't take a lot to make someone feel really safe and supported and I think when you do that they will flourish and then like in turn their work will flourish and their productivity will flourish it's not about what you can give some in terms of like material things of course you know life um insurance and health insurance absolutely great Uh, and those things are all really really great but actually sometimes I just think company culture is and benefits is the benefit of like just that human to human interaction and and empathy yes yeah I totally agree Absolutely. It's, it's the behavior, the language, the attitude of people sometimes rather than, like you say, the the physical benefits. It's it's much more about the communication and how those things are supported. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, I think you've made some very um, interesting points, Amy. Thanks so much. <laughs> I do, because I, I, I think, like you say, I, I think a lot of organizations can get really het up in thinking that they have to offer lots of things and stuff, and mm. um, that sometimes the stuff doesn't matter. And actually, people just want to be able to talk to their leadership openly about situations and not feel like there's a barrier. They want to be able to feel like they can, you know, have that flexibility of 
you know, going to a child in need without feeling like they're going to be um, sort of told off when they get back to work. Um, you know, it's so, so ridiculous. We're all adults. We all have lives. We all have families. Um, you know, even if we don't have children, we're sometimes perhaps carers for people in our family that need our time. And Well, there's just things in your life that you aren't in control yeah. of. I'd, Absolutely. I think, um, you know, when we talk about flexible working, well, flexible working isn't just about where you work or the hours that you work flexible working should be about like being flexible with people's lives yes yeah so again like you know HR departments oh there you go flexible working you can either work between the hours of seven and four or, or or whatever they are but that that's not true flexible working in my opinion like as a working parent flexible working is having the ability to be like oh God, I need to go and remove a sequin for my child's teeth, <laughs> or you might have to take her to a hospital appointment. Um, or you know, there's so many things that you have to do for children, and there's so many things that are required of you at really short notice. That how can you be penalised for that? What's the alternative? There's an alternative. Um, like I'm, I'm so so lucky here with the people that I work with. This morning. Isabel's having like a real issue sleeping at the minute, which is brilliant because who needs sleep when you <laughs> when you're like responsible of like writing content or like coming up with really creative ideas all day? Like you don't need sleep. <laughs> I was saying last week how like it was really, really um becoming an issue that like she just would not go to sleep and it was taking me hours to get her to sleep in the evening. Um and I would go in and then her dad would go in and then sometimes we'd both go in and like nothing would work and then you know my ops director came up to me this morning she's like oh how how was your um weekend with Isabel sleeping I was really thinking about you all weekend and how is it going and I thought that's so nice yeah so so nice that someone thought to be like oh I was really hoping that it went well for you and all it is is Isabel sleeping but that gave me the chance to say um oh actually went terribly but thank you (laughs) But it's really kind that someone takes the time to be like, oh, yeah. in my thoughts and like, how is it going? Yeah, definitely. Kindness doesn't cost anything. So, no, it doesn't at all. And I think, you know, brands, like I said before, brands need to think about the bigger picture and how it's not just a case of, oh, yeah, um, everyone's talking about shared parental leave. So, let fine, like, just, just get it in there, just get it in the company handbook that's not enough like it's it's not enough to to actually encourage people to to do it and to make them comfortable to do it um there's a lot of movement you know that we know about the gender pay gap um and just equality and diversity as a whole mm-hmm. so yeah. is this the next focus for that yeah not, that's a good question not the fact that getting the process and the policies in there it's actually encouraging people to take them up on it and I don't I mean it makes me really really sad to say but I don't think we're going to see it for a really long time no I think that's yeah I think it's something that is only going to come through the generations so I think even through our generation there's still some very traditional um mindsets about family life so I think it's it's going to take time I think for it all to start almost really coming into play and and getting more people questioning it as well is really important yeah I think it's going to take some maybe almost like you know 
high profile cases or a high profile person starting kind of some kind of awareness campaign or a movement but I think that's what it's going to take to raise awareness because unfortunately I think what the issue is it's happened for so long is that it's just normal now with like oh so and so got managed out was she pregnant yeah yeah I thought that'd be the case like that's not okay no no definitely well thank you so much for giving us your time today Amy I really do appreciate it and I think you've highlighted some really interesting points that people can pick up on especially you know both as an employee you know speaking up when you're not comfortable about something and as an employer considering that you know it's not just the stuff it's also about the kindness and compassion you show to people as well so thank you so much for joining us today thanks for having me You've been listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast with me, your host, Lizzie Benton. If you've enjoyed listening and want to keep up with all things culture, don't forget to subscribe. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to welcoming you back next week.